Hi, yeah, yeah, I'm Michael Garner, and I played uh, Jeff Pierce, sometimes known as Poison Pierce, in London's Burning, I think from uh, 1992 to 2002. So I think it was 10 series in all. Well, I remember it all quite vividly, actually. I was in a play in the West End, a sort of football comedy uh, called An Evening with Gary Lineker, which I've been doing, did for about nine months. And literally a couple of days after it finished, I was called to go and uh, have a meeting and read a script for this part in London's Burning. It turned out they'd been trying to cast it for quite a while and already seen loads of uh, actors. And they were running out of time because literally I went in on the Wednesday and the following Monday, I started down at the fire school at Southwark with the training. And I think what... Uh, Paul Knight told me afterwards was that they weren't sure what to do with the character because they created a character. They wanted a character that was difficult, created tension and created drama, upset people because that gives you kind of material. But at the same time, he had to be part of the watch and had to be a competent fireman and people would be able to work with him. And they weren't quite sure how that was going to go. And in the end, I was just one of a lot of actors they saw. They saw me very late. And in fact, I remember it really clearly, actually. So I just had a baby, or my partner, Paul, had just had a baby. And uh, I came home from the meeting and there was already a message from my agent saying they've rung and you've got the part. So they decided very quickly in the end. Right. And two days later, I was being measured for my uniform and I was down at Southwark learning how to climb ladders and uh, turn hoses on and so on. Initially, the training um, before I started at all was the best part of two weeks, you know, 10 days. To... I actually did it with John Alford, who um, was Billy Ray, and he started at the same time. So we were there together. And then every, we would film a series, would take something like nine months, and then we'd have a break, maybe do other things. And then every time before we started a new series, we used to go back for the best part of a week because they'd have new equipment and things and some of the stuff had potential to sort of chop your arm off and things. So you had to kind of have a vague idea how to use it. But initially it was for a couple of weeks. It was, but actually as much as the physical training with equipment, it was just really good to sort of hang out with firemen all day. And you kind of soaked up the very particular culture of the London Fire Brigade and the sense of humour and the way they related to uh, higher ranks and so on. You know, it was just as an actor, because primarily, although we, you know, we're actors really just dealing with a kind of acting challenge, that was the real value, valuable bit of that two weeks. And so you're not just sort of making guesses, you're actually being a bit more informed about the way you kind of do the scenes in the mess and do the scenes. And we actually stayed, um, I spent a couple of nights at Manchester Square Fire Station in London overnight and went out and shouts with them and all the rest of it and just generally uh, tried to um, soak up as much as I could. The show to film, one episode took roughly two weeks, you know, after a six-day week and a five-day week. And it would depend a bit on the storyline. But crudely, you could say that you spend three or four days in the real fire station, you know, in the appliance bay and in the yard and those kind of things. 
and you spend two or three days. And the nature of filming, as I'm sure you know, is that you do all the scenes in one location at the same time. So let's say there were five or six scenes in the Nick's office or whatever in an episode. You would come in at seven in the morning and you would film them all in a row, not in story order. So you do all of those and then you'd move to the, um, the mess, which was a studio set within the film studios and so on and the dorm and so on and so forth. And then in the second week, depending on the size of the shout, you would move out to obviously a real location. We had, we filmed over the years, it changed. We filmed a lot at Woolwich. Woolwich in those days, it just ceased to be part of the MOD land. I mean, now it's all flats, isn't it? And fancy um, new builds and so on. But then it was just a deserted little town with architecture from the 18th century right through to 60s tower blocks. So you could make it look like anything. And any of the big stuff like a fire station or a hotel or any of the big scale, a lot of that for some years was all done at Woolwich. And of course, everything looked good in the dark. A lot of it was night shoots. So you would sometimes enter a week of sleeping during the day and filming all nights and so on. But of course, you can't generalize because other locations, the, the big canister shout, which everyone remembers where they, the canisters were flying through the air, that was actually in Lincolnshire somewhere in a sort of uh, um, old RAF base where they had loads of houses they could make look like a kind of uh, housing uh, suburb of some sort. And so it, it varied, but generally in London um, and generally in places that were that you were allowed to put flame bars in and uh, abuse quite a lot. And there was a lot more of it then. I mean, the river particularly along that part of London has changed out of all recognition from even the 90s when we were filming Burning, you know, all along Shad Thames and all along there were all warehouses that no one was interested in. And now they're multi-million pound flats, aren't they? Poison Pierce was an invention of the writers. Uh, nothing to do with me. It just appeared in a script one day. I suspect it was an invention of one of the writers called Simon Sharkey, who wrote a lot of the scripts at the time. And obviously, they wanted a kind of fly in the ointment character, you know, uh, and which was the point of Jeff, really. And because uh, nicknames were, a lot of characters had nicknames, of course. And just, just early on, I can't, I'm not sure... It just crept into the scripts. People started calling them poison. And sometimes in burning, there's a bit of uh, improvisation as well, or sometimes, especially in shouts, so people will just pick that up and it just sort of, it stuck and stayed really for the whole, um, the, what was nice about Jeff was that he had no idea that um, he thought he was do, doing everything procedurally correct. You know, he was the good guy. You know, he didn't know really that um, that people felt so uh, um, had such a low opinion of him at sometimes. Initially, Jeff was married to Patty Pierce, was played by an actress called Yvonne O'Grady. She was uh, quite a piece of work, and this is kind of interesting because although storylines writers sit down and invent storylines, sometimes they're almost put on a plate by other circumstances. And if I remember all this correctly, and sorry, if Yvonne, if I, if I don't, but I remember that Yvonne did the first, whatever it was, with the first two series, and then decided for whatever reason, she, she didn't want to do anymore. And so she left. 
So when they sat down um, to write the next series, Jeff was on his own. So do you remember all those storylines about where's Patty gone and has he buried her in the garden? That's simply because there wasn't an actress anymore to be Patty. So that kind of created that storyline already. And that ran for a while, didn't it? And then, of course, there was Bruno the dog, who was his sort of surrogate partner. Uh, and um, in, in that period of time, there was just one quite one day, I think it was... Um, the appliances had new alarms fitted and uh, Fiona came along and fitted the alarms. You forgive me if my, I mean, it's 25 years ago. I don't remember it in great detail. And she was lovely, nice person. I thought really good actress and uh, so on. But that was just that, you know, that could have been that. And it was a, two or three years later. And I think the consensus was that Jeff could not just sit and talk to his dog forever. You know, it would be good if he had a new partner. And I think someone just said, you know, remember Helen who played, um, she was great. And so she was written in. Nothing, to, this is not in my control. You know, we're just, we do get kind of consulted a bit about storylines and other actors, but generally this is decisions that belong to the producers and so on. Uh, but I was pleased about that because I think Helen was great. And it was kind of, it's not a very easy character to find a wife for because you're kind of struggling to find a woman who would tolerate him. But I think uh, Helen somehow managed to pull that off. So Bruno, that, that was an invention of the writers as well, as I say, really just so that Jeff didn't have to talk to himself when he was at home. Uh, and I'm actually honestly not really a dog person, you know, um, but, and often I've worked with dogs before on TV and it can be a bit of a trial. You often have to like hold bits of sausage meat in your hand and things in order for them to come to you and look like they like you. But Bruno was lovely actually, was really easy and brilliantly well-trained by the lady whose name I'm afraid I can't remember now. He was great. But of course, the thing people that probably don't realize is you only use the dog when you can see the dog. So. If you see any scenes where I'm kind of like looking down, lovingly talking to Bruno, I'm either talking to thin air or quite often to give me the right eye line. And Mickey Boys, the props man, would be on his knees on the floor, like pretending to be a dog to give me something to relate to. But he was great. And um, I still get people still ask me in the street, how's Bruno? Although I'm afraid he's, he's no longer with us. Me to choose a favourite character from London's Burning is difficult, really, to say the least. Um, I don't know. I think I might go with Kling film. That seems a safe bet. Chris Lyon is a really funny guy who played Kling film and uh, was always immense fun doing those rather ridiculous little sequences with him. It was sort of right on the edges of character, really, wasn't it? You know, it was it was a lot of character in small needed in small doses. But um, him and Jeff together, that was always they were always fun days. Those for me. More generally, I don't know when you're in something, you can't really see the wood for the trees, you know. And you, uh, so I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think I'll be diplomatic. What can I tell you about Eve? I don't know, really. I was never sure whether they should have a kid or not. I was never quite sure whether I could imagine uh, 
Pierce uh, as a father. Um, but it was interesting to kind of go down that road with him. And I think the character, like, you know, legitimately, as we all do, kind of changed once you saw him with a nice, pleasant wife and a baby daughter, he became something less uh, challenging character, perhaps. More just the slightly odd bloke at work that you know is good at his job, but you wouldn't particularly want to go for a curry with after work kind of uh, character, you know. Um, I rem well, before Eve, I remember the wedding really clearly, which is strange. You remember some days, a beautiful, lovely, sunny day and the helicopter and the, everyone dressed up. It, it's odd when you film a wedding like that on TV because it's just another scene, isn't it, really? It's no different. But oddly, it feels like you're at a wedding. And, and everyone before you, the day comes, asks you what you're wearing to the wedding and so on. It's kind of hilarious. So I love doing all that. And... Um, yeah, and of course, the, the first shots with Eve, um, she was only about, the, the real baby was only about three or four days old. You know, I remember this tiny, tiny little, little thing. Um, yeah, but I actually had a, I have two adult kids now, but my daughter, my second child was born while I was filming London's Burning in 95. I literally leapt in a car and sped from the set to, to get to hospital in time to see her be born. So in fact, the whole of London's Burning as a memory is mixed up with my children being born and the first 10 years of their life. So it's a nice time for me. I started it, you know, nearly 30 years ago. And a lot of it now, I can't remember. Or I remember little incidents and things rather than whole remembering whole storylines and so on and so forth. But I guess when Hallam died, that obviously is big, big emotional, strong narrative. You know, I remember in, if not enjoying is the right word, but that whole five or six episodes, lots going on, lots going on for Pierce, stuff to, to act that you don't get, you know, every day in a, in a London's Bending episode. So I suppose perhaps... I remember that um, more clearly out of the kind of mists of time and then a lot of the things. I remember really clearly his fall and everything because that was done on the night, not by Sean, it must be said, by a stuntman. But it was quite something, I tell you. And, you know, it's the middle of the night during a massive old sugar factory somewhere in the mid middle of Leicestershire. And I, but I remember it really, I remember actually those kind of, those few hours really clearly and bringing him out on the stretcher and all that, oddly. But yeah, I think that one perhaps. And as I say, uh, I really remember our wedding day as well, which is not really a storyline, but it's an event. I mean, Andrew, who was Nick, was there for a long time when I started, and I knew him a little bit from before London's Burning, actually. And Johnny Guy Lewis, who came later, uh, was became quite a good friend. I used to see uh, socially as well. But although when you watch it, they have different ranks, as actors, you're just working with other actors, if that makes sense. Um, I completely understand why people always focus a lot on the fire brigade stuff, because it's exciting and it's a scale and everything. But sort of 80, 90% of our days were just 
trying to remember the lines, trying to make, make the scenes live, look like a human being, do the storylines justice, which is sort of actors' problems, if you know what I mean. And so you never really thought about what rank or position or, you know, just trying to make that moment in time on film live, really. That makes sense with that. It sounds a bit pretentious, but, and the fire brigade thing is, is only like five, 10% of it, of the whole thing, really. If you think about them sitting around eating a meal or in an office, that's just about human interaction, really, isn't it? You know, which is the, the nuts and bolts of, uh, of uh, drama. Paul Knight, who was the producer, they wanted to make Pierce an outsider. And initially, I think they were going to make him a northerner, you know. But P Paul Knight had just spent some years in Bristol making uh, Robin of Sherwood. Do you remember that TV series? And so um, as an homage to his time in Bristol, he decides to make the character from Bristol. Also more interesting because you don't see so many characters, which is why he was from the West Country. But you're right, he was a sub-officer. You, you remember it better than I do. He was a sub-officer and uh, he became a leading hand when... But eventually he did become a sub-officer again during the latter series, didn't he? Which is why his helmet has the two bars on it. It was... It sounds like a sort of showbiz cliché, but we did get on well, actually. Uh, although I don't see many of them anymore, not, not in an... On, I'm in touch with people, but not in a kind of very regular way. What it reminds me of, if this makes sense, is football teams I used to... You know, if you're playing a football team with a load of guys and you enjoy their company and you enjoy playing with them and you see them on a Sunday morning, you know, uh, and I, it was that kind of feeling, if that makes sense. A, ni a nice feeling. And I never... I have no real memory of any big stand-up rows with the actors. Everyone got on with it, uh, you know, which is quite unusual, really. And so it was a, a nice time, obviously, because I was there for 10 years. People come and go a bit. But it's a very nice and it pretty well filled the 90s for me. So it's but although I don't want to kind of kill the magic, but it is a job and you do the job as well as you can. And then uh, you go out to your family and your real life. And then when it's over, you're sad like anyone who leaves a job, not to see people anymore, but you move on, you know. But it was a good time. You're welcome, and I wish you well with your uh, podcasts. Yeah.